Hello, welcome to Just Right Reviews. I'm Julian, and I sound like this. I'm Ryan, and I sound like this. Okay, so today we got two very... Well, one of them's interesting. The other is a horrific experience I would only use for torture. Um, very dull, very dull. Uh, so first, we got The Big Hit, starring the Marky Mark himself. Mm-hmm. This is uh, dates during Boogie Nights, right after Boogie Nights. So this is like fre- fresh off. He's fresh start. And then we're going to look at the cult classic, campiest Bond movie, Moonraker. I don't know. I, I don't even know if I'd say campy. but By reputation. By, by reputation. So we'll start with Big Hit because there's more to say. Yeah. So um, this Spoilers is... Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead for every episode here on out because I mean, who who actually you know wants to watch this? But um, the big the big hit kind of been our ra- on our radar for a little mm-hmm. while. Um, earlier last year, we saw Love and a Bullet, mm-hmm. and so uh, this, this shares the same writer. Shares the same writer, so we were very intrigued. And of course, uh, the addition of Mark Wahlberg is always a plus. And produced by John Woo. Yes, which. You know he's on he's on a lot of projects. I don't know how much influence he had here, but you you see the Hong Kong influence. Mm-hmm. It's fl- uh, it's very present. Flippy, spinny, jumpy action. Yeah, lots guns, of uh, sideways guns. Lots of high colored filters. Mm-hmm. So okay, so this is what every adult film after Reservoir Dogs was about: hitmen, <laughs> criminals who are actually very quirky and funny, in quotations, because this isn't a very funny movie. It's not. It's not funny, but if anything, what you're talking about just hitmen. That's one plot. That's that, one plot. That's one plot. So okay. So Mark Wahlberg is a hitman with a crew serving under uh, a dude named Paris, but they just don't only perform assassinations. The one guy, Cisco, he wants to make a little extra money, so he decides to kidnap the daughter of a Japanese filmmaker who is bankrupt because his last film, Taste of the Golden Spray, failed at the box office. But did you know that the daughter is, in fact, the goddaughter of the of Paris, their boss? Simultaneously, Mark Wahlberg is giving money to his side girlfriend, because, but in reality, she is just using the money to for her and her man while they also steal his copy of king kong lives which he needs to return to the rental place because they keep threatening him meanwhile his fiance who is jewish is having her jewish family come over and by the way did i mention they're jewish yeah well yeah mark Wahlberg is uh engaged to christina applegate and her parents are jewish and they're coming over for like a weekend just to like have dinner or something but yeah, so that's the multiple plot points going on at the same time. And if you think that's a lot, it is. It, it, it is. And I will probably compare this to Moonraker, sorry, Moonraker, which I, we probably really shouldn't. But with how um, the movie handles all the different plot points is very uh, tonally all over the place. Mm-hmm. But since it's tonally all over the place, it's oddly consistent yeah just in the fact that it's consistent in its absurdity and and its oddities mm-hmm. again come from the same writer there is a lot of dna between this and love and a bullet in terms of the sheer what the hell factor yes because you see all of it, it is naked as to what it is it <laughs> is this is a post tarantino esque crime movie with in, intense quote-unquote drama 
both share creepy romances, large intertwined crimes stories, um, intense swearing, lots of cooking. Mm-hmm. So okay. I I guess we should I guess go through one plot at a time, but I but like I kind of just want to go over our best moments. Um. Okay. But it's like okay. So the, the thing that is the weirdest is the King Kong lives subplot. It's a very weird subplot. So yes, Mark Wahlberg uh, apparently rented King Kong lives from this video store, and the clerk kid keeps calling him uh, repeatedly and threatening him and and threatening him and mark Wahlberg's like yes i will return the video every uh any like the next chance i get and so it keeps getting brought out throughout the movie Mm -hmm. and um he finds it he finds it and it's part of the elaborate action sequences he has to go back and get it after dropping it at several points yes and then uh even at the very end, he goes to the video store, returns it, and the whole final fight of takes the movie there. takes place in that video store. And it blows up. And, and the video store blows up. It's, it's, it's a bit crazy. Yes. So there's, there's a lot going on here in terms of every scene has like at least 20 things happening. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and it's compounded really with the scene when the jewish parents come over i only emphasize the jewishness because it's very clear like they're trying to go for a stereotypical thing the mom is overbearing and narcissistic and the t- and it's it, it is a very weird scene and then he's also trying to hide a dead body and hide the kidnapped japanese girl and like take out the trash and prepare dinner and- all all the meanwhile uh comedic um music is playing in the background mm-hmm. and i was uh telling julian this while we were watching the movie yeah for an r-rated movie for uh, just kind of talking about that scene alone with mark Wahlberg trying to balance everything it felt like a nickelodeon movie oh yeah and obviously you know that that's a bad way to say it but it's generally that scene or at least this movie kind of has something for the whole family and i'm not recommending families watch this because it's honestly a very bad movie but you can almost tell what scene is supposed to fit demographically like this is a scene for people who love action this is the romance scene this is the shoot scene and 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 not only that but it shares a lot of like shooting like film is not shot like an action movie it's shot like something like yours mine and ours yeah it's it's very fast, frenetic, but also very easy to follow in places. Yeah, this movie doesn't require a lot of uh, like brain effort. Yeah, and it, it's very elaborate and loud and very late 90s. Elaborate outfits, lots of techno, hip-hop, lots of street lingo. But at the same time, since it is so intense 90s, it's honestly kind of the highlight for me because it's like if if that's like your thing Mm -hmm. then i mean you're obviously like gonna love this movie yeah well even like the first major action scene the first hit they're wearing aprons and night vision goggles and they're spinning all over the place and they're shooting people and they're flying through walls and it's just so intense and crazy and you're you're just like we we were so excited then like all of the drama happens and it drags a little. Yeah. Especially with the whole like comedic elements. This movie's not funny when it tries to be. No. 
like okay they they kidnap the japanese schoolgirl and, and, and like she's dressed like a japanese school she's in a skirt and everything and like they try and get her to record a hostage video and she's like oh these these losers kidnapped me oh there's spelling errors on the sign it's just not very funny to me at least no it's yeah the jokes that they actually try to make fall flat and then everything else that shows up in the big action set pieces are this is the stuff that i laughed at the most oh yeah it, it was almost like a different director took over those scenes the action scenes for uh, yeah i would say for every different plot point it feels like a different director a different everything it, like it's almost as if like they had like one script but they were like well we're gonna inflate this budget and get some more you know put more money in it so we need to add more to the plot let's take these other scripts and just like rip some stuff in and see if it fits because mm-hmm. no, this film again doesn't fit flow tonally it doesn't fit together there's a big subplot about the fiance's dad being an alcoholic that kind of goes it only serves for him to go on a rant at the end it do- doesn't mean anything it's it if anything, it just stalls a conflict between Mark Wahlberg and um, his crewmates. Intensity was not one of the director's strengths. No, I didn't really feel any stakes no. throughout this movie. And But then again, it's like I wasn't really expecting anything. I think part of it comes from when you have like everyone has like super gun powers. Like we, Mark Wahlberg is never at a disadvantage in this movie. Because, like, we see him take down, like, 20 guys in the first five minutes. Yeah. So it's like him taking down another 20 guys isn't a issue for him. It's like, okay. Yeah. But, I, yeah, because for the first scene, um, I don't know, they take out this one guy in this building or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, Mark Wahlberg and his crew, they all get ready. Like, they, they hear behind, they're behind the door. And only Mark busts through, and then he... Uh, takes out everybody in the room while his other crewmates just uh, like drink some coffee or something Mm -hmm. and then they bust through and then they go oh yeah look at all the like oh hard work we did even though like Mark Wahlberg just did everything for them yeah it's it's trying to be funny and quirky but it's just it's not written in that way and it's not it's clearly kind of forced like Mark Wal- Mark like looking at Mark Wahlberg's character, he's a he's a guy who is super cool and good at doing everything, but he's also concerned with how people view him. He doesn't want people to not like him. It, it, he says, "I don't want people to not like me." He doesn't say hate me. He doesn't say to you know disrespect me. No, it's not like him. Like he's a freaking fifth grader. Yeah, no, he but he is a hitman. And he has stomach problems that require constant digestive medication, which that uh, subplot never gets resolved. He, yeah, he's just always he's just always gonna have stomach issues. Mm-hmm. And him and the Cisco character are the ones that get the most development. There's there's a uh, little Eminem who is annoying, who's like their tech guy. Their tech guy who wants. Well, he never even says if he wants to be a rapper, but you can clearly tell just by the way he's dressed. Mm-hmm. The fact that, like, they actually put him in that outfit and said, like, okay, yeah, that's what he wears is the most just, like, late 90s rap, early 2000s mm-hmm. cringe that I've seen. And then and then the other two hitmen don't get a lot of development other than the one at the end when they're in the 
fight scene at the VHS place, I guess he's the number one customer for the adult section. Yeah. I don't know. If if anything, that just brings up probably my biggest uh, problem with the movie is that there are, with all these different plot points and plot lines going on, mm -hmm. there are so many pointless characters in yeah. this movie because really only Mark Wahlberg and kind of like uh, the girl are the ones who are most developed. I'll even say the guy on Mark Wahlberg's crew who kind of betrays everybody. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's kind of got more to do. But besides those three, like everybody else is just one note, doesn't affect the story. Mm -hmm. it, it More so kind of just um, a nuisance. Yeah, and it's clear that, or at least to me, that the strength of the movie is just action and mm -hmm. everything else is supposed to be just be filler. But the filler is like 45 minutes. Yeah, no, the filler. Because I, I was um, with the movie throughout maybe up until, again, like the 45, 50 minute mark. Then it kind of dipped for me a little bit. But then once it got back into the action, it picked up for me again. And like it, it won me over again. So, so let's, let's talk about the creepiness. So, okay, so Mark Wahlberg, I don't know how old he was at the time. He was in his 20s. So, okay, he, he has his first big romantic scene of Christina Applegate in which he grabs her ass and then proceeds to hold on to it for like a few minutes. Yeah, and Christina Applegate walks around the house while Mark Wahlberg is still holding on. <laughs> and and she's like, is my ass sagging or whatever? And he's like, oh, it's firm like a teenager's. It's And Mark, it's not the best thing <laughs> and to then, say. Then, okay, the, the Japanese girl goes to a college Slash high school. I think it's college. Okay, I hope it's college. And, and the assumption is she's 18. But that's... We don't know for sure. As it's they never, never stated it. They never stated it. And and she's the romantic interest. This girl he kidnaps, gags, and keeps in several houses. And then they bond over cooking a kosher dinner. And in a scene that even the Wikipedia page described as reminiscent of Ghost. And even if... It was a reminiscent of Ghost. It was in very poor taste. Because <laughs> she's still in like her freaking Japanese schoolgirl outfit. And they're just like massaging a turkey or whatever. Yeah, no, they're stuffing a turkey for the dinner. <laughs> and then uh, they spill some gravy or something. And then like he's wiping the napkin on her leg yeah. and it's going up. Before we even go any further, I would just like to point out on behalf, behalf of the both of us, we don't know that these movies like get like this sexual or like this creepy we so, just pick out these movies and yeah. like these are just the scenes that we're given almost at pure random half the time yes almost at pure random but you know i mean it's just it's a thing sex sells yeah and you know at the very least it's entertaining in quotation it's it's it's, it's something it, it's something but it at it's entertaining just only in the fact it's like how like creepy are they willing to go with it because it's just the fact that they don't bring up that uh that the girl is like in college or high school or whatever and mark Wahlberg's like i don't know 25 26 it's very creepy later, i don't like, like it later I don't he gives like her it. the whole like if you're gonna be with me you need to know i do things like and it's like what and there's also it's it's just creepy, and we were speculating that this movie was just one of the pornos made in Boogie Nights, because it's about that level of <laughs> script writing. 
Yeah, it's about that level of script writing, kind of like kind of just thrown together, kind of last minute thing. I know because I I was saying, oh yeah, I hope the last five minutes like the movie wraps up, and then the camera just pans out and it's just a giant movie set, and then Mark Wahlberg just goes, oh yeah, guys, I'm just gonna be in my trailer, just doing a line of coke, you know, don't 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 mind me, guys. And the later films of Dirk Diggler, yeah, they they get very intense. No, I couldn't imagine. I mean, even though this is, ra- it, you know, for a movie being rated R, it's it's the worst it gets is language yeah the worst it gets is language because especially the eminem kid he's he's got a name but we're just calling him eminem kid um he's i don't know if like he actually stumbles or or i'm not i'm not sorry uh stutters but he'll stutter the whole like all of his lines he won't stop talking he won't he won't stop talking the joke is that he's awkward but they their way of showcasing it is by having him talk non-stop yes and then pretty much every other line he says is a swear word, so he's not getting his point across in any way whatsoever. Yeah, this movie has a potty mouth. Yes. <laughs> but the problem is this movie starts as one thing, becomes another, becomes another, then ends kind of almost back at where it started, but not really. No. If any, I'll give the movie credit. Besides the Mark Wahlberg uh, digestive stomach issue... The movie wraps up everything kind of yeah. surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And I, I won't say in a bow, but like they, they touch on everything that needs to get resolved. Honestly, I guess, again, go, we can go to those action scenes. They are really well done and really intense and really frantic. Yeah. I, the only one that I, I'm thinking of comes to mind is just the last like chase sequence oh, yeah. mark Wahlberg's running in the forest and it's a good chasing everything's coming together we have a ton of characters a lot of yeah. explosions and like even like when they can't go down like a cliff into a forest i mean that's kind of that's kind of crazy no it no it was interesting yeah because they mark Wahlberg drives off a cliff and you just expect oh they're dead but no they go like kingdom of the crystal skull style they like land on a tree branch and uh it's but it's just it's it's probably the best part of the movie. I, yeah. I won't lie. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of, like, acting, I guess, going into, like, different levels, I mean, everyone does their job. Is, I, it, it, again, sharing DNA with love and a bullet, it's very stilted and weird, but it's also kind of endearing in that sense. Yeah. But, no, I was going to say, like, I... Yeah, the characters, they're all pretty much, like, you know, stereotypical, so they're all going to be, like, flat in one note. But, again, it's, like, for a movie called The Big Hit, I don't think anybody comes for the characters. Everybody just comes for the dumb action. Uh I guess, like, it's just weird to me that, like, we have, like, such a knowledge of, like, hitman movies that, like, we're not questioning the whole setup and hierarchy of this criminal organization. No. It's just like, yeah, they're hitmen. It's a, it, yeah, it, it hitmen in movies, you either just have to accept it or not. But then if you don't, it's like, well, then you're not going to like believe anything that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very well made movie. I, I, I don't think there were any real technical issues or, again, all the problems just lay in how absurd it is and the script. Uh, for me, it's honestly, I, I still like Love and a Bullet just a little bit more, but yeah. I it's I think it's definitely on point. Love and a Bullet was ever so slightly unhinged and just kind of, I think because it had a lower budget, they had to showcase a lot of the same ideas, but 
more creatively or at the very least more weirdly yeah if and if anything too love and a bullet improves the character aspect it's like it got rid of like the pointless characters only kept what was really necessary but in when i mean necessary it was just like treach was running the whole show for like 90 minutes <laughs> basically but he like he carried that movie and like he showed and he showed like he actually cared well i think what love and a bullet had over this is that in that movie the side characters were also pointless but also just kind of they were more absurdly one note yeah and they were more memorable like okay, like Christina Applegate's in here. She hasn't. She, there's not. She doesn't do anything. No, she doesn't. Besides being groped, there's nothing to her character other than she breaks up with Mark Wahlberg. There's nothing to that plot. It could be cut. Yeah, it, it could. I guess it, there's just there's no theme. There's no running idea we're working with here. No, and I, I guess that could be counted as a big takeaway that there is no theme. Um, but again, it's for me at least. It's just like in the movie's favor. It's just like an action movie. This is a great throw on the TV and just kind of, just kind of enjoy yourself. This isn't even really. It's more of an experience than anything. Yeah, and not to say like for me like oh I need all action movies to be like really dumb and not have a message. I mean there are a lot of good oh, action. Yeah. There are a lot of good action movies that have messages. No, totally. I, I guess for me, I really enjoy some of the absurdity. It's just, I if I ever rewatch this, I would just skip past a lot. Yeah, no, there there's there's a lot of good highlight scenes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and the big hit. There's never been a title of any movie that has been more teed up for jokes than since, like, Spinal Tap's Shark Sandwich. Yeah, no, the big hit. <laughs> like... Just the fact that that's like the actual movie the, title. The interns were laughing at the on on set. Yeah, no, the big hit. I mean, it, with a title like that, I mean, you have to get pumped. It's it, it's. It, I enjoyed this. I really did. No, I did. No, compared to uh, our our ne- our next movie, yeah, no, this was th- this was uh, the 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 better one of the night. Of the movies we've watched in our bad movie journey, this this is up there. The, no, this is up there. It could be dethroned. It's it's more up there by default than anything, but it's still really enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, honestly, out of like five, it, it it's it's in the ranking of absurdity that I I would give say like four, but it's more it's only up that high because of just enjoyment more than anything. If if anything, for me, I'm looking at it kind of like more like okay, actual movie characters and stuff, but also I do have to throw in my enjoyment, so I'm just gonna give it like a solid three. Yeah. A solid three. Yeah, there's problems. Yeah, but like, I mean, if you actually watch the scenes, it's like you can't, you can't take this seriously. It is very of its time, and it's kind of like a fossil. Yeah, no, holding the DVD cover, you can definitely tell like this was made for early two thousands, late nineties blockbuster, mm-hmm. and then it like that was it. Once blockbuster was done, college it, campuses, college students would have ate this up. Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Just a few guys sitting around a TV drinking like cores or something. Yeah, it's just pop on the VHS tape. Yeah, I got this new Mark Wahlberg movie. Check it out. Because because it is absurd and it is, and I wish more of the movies we watched were like this. Oh yeah, but then after a while, even we would realize like we would get dull with it. Oh yeah. But yeah, so no, that's the big hit. There's only so much you can say about it because. 
because it ultimately is not a film of substance. No, it's it's really not. But speaking of lack of substance, so James Bond, the James Bond movies, arguably there have been more terrible ones than good ones. Mm-hmm. So Moonraker was the third novel ever written. I believe this is the third or fourth Roger Moore outing. So this is Roger Moore who... I guess I could describe as the dullest Bond. I can't because I I haven't seen all of the James Bond movies. I haven't so like I've neither vibe. Yeah, so I can't you know go off of um, like saying dull or whatever. But you've seen more of the more I've seen Octopussy and I've seen Man of the Golden Gun, both of which are also boring, long, and dull. So this is this was my first more outing. So for at least first impressions for me, um, well, on top of this for being Roger Moore, and this goes with me for the whole movie as well, just very dull. Yeah. So what's the plot? They go to space. And they, for a movie advertising about, oh, moon and space, space is only prominent in the last half hour yeah. for a two-hour movie, and then... We go to Venice, Rio de Janeiro, uh, England. Yeah, England. It's it's America. A, it, America. It's a world tour, and then space is just at it like something thrown in extra. Yeah. So the plot revolves around the Drax Corporation, who's like stealing their own planes, so they can send them to space. To form a space station so they can send poisonous plants to the world so they'll kill people so they can restart the population with their master race of it's not even really a master race it's just people he likes yeah it's just people he likes and james bond is the only one who can save the day well the instigation is kind of pointless because why 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 steal the planes and why steal your own planes just keep it secret that you're, that the shuttles exist and then just do it on your own. Yeah. Like, the whole fake, faking their abduction is what started the plot anyway. So, I guess we can... This is a very tropey James Bond movie. It's all here. Yeah, it's... it's yeah. Dumb names. Uh, shaken, not stirred. You know... Uh, the, the terrible one-liners. Terrible one-liners. Uh, weird gadgets. It's it, it is so tropey. It's practically annoying. It's I, I don't know. About halfway through, I just said this. Um, I mean, we'll get to the acting and stuff later on. But for me, it was just very like you could tell everything was just going through the motions. You could just tell they were hitting all the beats, mm-hmm. going through the checklist, and it's like, all right, guys, we filled this out. All right, our movie's solid. We can release it. Which is a real shame because, as dumb and ridiculous ridiculous an idea this is it's really boring yeah it for a movie built on like james bond going, going to, space to space and like fighting bag I, like it should have been the most exciting There's thing a space laser fight and i was like asleep yeah it was so boring and that's the worst part again we were talking during it that the problem is it's filmed comedically and you could there are moments you could make entertaining it's all post-production. Yeah. First off, the effects aren't great. It's 1979. There's only so much you can do, but Star Wars looked better. Yeah, no, Star, Star Wars did look the better. The first Star Trek movie looked better. That's saying something. It doesn't look good. And there's just no music. 
there's no music besides the movie opens with the the title song and it's kind of like a smooth jazz r&b and i was like okay this is this this it that's sets a good... up an ambient movie yeah an atmospheric one that's never built upon no if anything for majority of the movie roger moore just goes around the different cities walking walking making dull observations dull observations again the cheesy one-liners and yeah you just hear like footsteps and like glass breaking for like for the dozens of fight scenes that he has and some of them are enjoyable some of them are good uh the one in rio where they were on uh like the ski lift car Mm -hmm. um trolley that i thought that one wasn't too bad but it's just a point where it works against the film. Like, okay, he, he's in Venice. He's on a gondola in terms of he hooked up a motor to it. Then it inflates and he's driving it on land. And it's the stupidest thing ever. And I'm loving it. Then it just cuts. It, yeah, it just instant cut. And it, the movie never explains, oh, like, uh, why he stopped. The people never questioned anything. Yeah. And the, there's, okay, so Jaws is in this movie. He was a villain during the Roger Moore era. I, I'm pretty sure he was in. He was in, like, in at least one other one before this. Guy with like diamonds in his teeth or whatever. I don't know, but they overuse this guy. They they overuse him to the point where he is supposed to be the side or I'm sorry, side villain, but essentially he is the he main does villain. More than Drax. Yeah, and we'll get to Drax. We'll get- but I kind of want to wrap up Jaws. So, okay, the joke is he's indestructible. And they, they keep testing it. He falls from a plane. He gets thrown through a ski lift area. He, like, blows up. And it just becomes... And the more you see it, the less you believe it and the less entertaining it becomes. Mm-hmm. It's like the Michael Bay explosion. Like, after a while, you're numb to it. Yeah. And going back to that whole comedic thing, he... Like, there's a meat cute with a blonde girl in pigtails and glasses. And apparently they just, like, fall in love. Yeah, there's, they even play the stupid uh, romantic song. I don't know what it would, it's called. It's, I, very, it's very, like, iconic. Yeah, I've, you've seen it all over the place. It's like, the whatever, but they see and they just walk off. And yeah, they walk off, and then it's not brought up again for, like, another, like, half of the movie. It, it, may, it is so out of left field, but it's so dull also because you're just weirded out. Yeah, and then, again, it's not brought up for, like, you know, the rest of the movie until when they get to space. And he brought his girlfriend. And, and he and he brought the girl. And then they, they fall onto Earth through the space station, and they're fine. Yeah, and, and they're fine, yeah. Even though they were together in a part of the space station that blew that, up that blew up that to- that wasn't built for or Manor. made for re-entry but yet somehow it survived re-entry and they're okay mm-hmm. but don't worry about that so okay let's talk about performance some more is asleep <laughs> I, I ever I'll, I'll add i'll everyone's asleep everyone's asleep. everyone's asleep but like he's bond there's no suaveness to him he's just kind of going through the motions he's not trying no and it's like did he not read this script? He's going to space. Like, react, emote, ad-lib. That's with a lot of people in this movie, is that everybody's just really monotone. And I would assume that when everybody got handed the script, I assume they read the whole script mm-hmm. so that they realized, oh, okay, we're going to space. I mean, there's all these, like, kind of wacky fight scenes. So at least I would assume that the actors would know that, okay, they 
like we shouldn't be taking it that seriously. But I think with the direction or maybe studio interference, like they said, okay, no, like this is James Bond, like you guys have to be serious. So what we got was just everybody being dull, trying to be serious in a movie that should have been campy and fun. And it just came out to be very boring. Because by the time we actually get to space, I didn't care. Yeah, it, you're you're so done with the movie. It, it's inconsequential. And it's a real shame because, like, one eccentric performance would have elevated this film for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If, Dra- if Drax, the main villain of the movie, uh, just had, like, more sudden outbursts or, like, just... Uh, there's nothing to him. Yeah, no, there's nothing. He's... He is mo- monotone, dull, restrained, logical. Mm-hmm. He's like if it's like at the beginning of Star Trek uh, one where uh, Spock is less human. He's, he's more emo- He's more emotionless. It's like if he was the villain, just not fun, kind of taking away everyone's good time. <laughs> and I just have no idea why they went with this, because other Bond films are campy and and weird. At the very least, Man with the Golden Gun acted like something weird was happening nothing and 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 kind of and kind of adding on to that like uh you know they go to space and well first off the villains are dressed in yellow which is like a weird decision it looks dumb and it's like their whole plan is just to seed the world and it's so dumb. They're, so yeah, the plan is like they the they release the poisonous gas on the earth so that they can start like the human race and everything. But you would assume since they have a giant space station on Earth, you would think that they would just have this giant machine where um they could shoot out all the poisonous gas at once mm-hmm. and then just be done with it and they spread it the whole world. They do it one at a time. They have thousands of capsules and they have to shoot it one at a time so that they can equally distribute it all over the earth, which is terrible. I think that's like wasting money. Yeah, and and what if like one miscalculates and lands in like a river? Yeah, and then so yeah, there you go. That's just like money wasted. But the thing too is that um, when they actually get to space, the design of the actual space station it's not original. It's it's it, it's, it's it's just like Star Wars two thousand one space Odyssey just rip offs. It's not it's not unique at all. No, and it's. It's like, why would you rip it off without not trying to also be as entertaining? I just have no idea who would enjoy this because, you, yeah, it's campy in places, but it's not fun. Yeah, it's because I, I was thinking about that while watching. It's like, okay, well, I mean, who was it made for? But then will people actually get enjoyment out of this? Because Star Wars already came out two years before this. So people already know, like, the, their sense of, like, action is already... Um, yeah, it's higher. So the fact that you in this movie you kind of just got like James Bond like punching jaws, or like James Bond wrestling with a snake. It's like that's as high as you're gonna go. Granted, you know they have a whole space fight at the end, but on at paper the- it's all amazing. But in 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 direction and in editing, it's slow, long, quiet. It's practically on set audio. Yeah, no, it's it's really bad. It's this movie's very quiet, and it's like. They they attempt jokes, but there's no like musical sting, no, nothing. No, it's very it, the 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 humor is practically not here. And yeah, sure. Yet there are attempts at it. Yeah, yeah. Roger Moore, you know, 
cracks his one-liners, but I couldn't imagine anybody at the premiere clapping to that or just, like, laughing hysterically. It's like, oh, you you got me there, Mr. Moore. That, 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 that was a good one. It's just so unaware of itself, so non-referential. Yeah, I can't imagine how this got passed through test screenings because I, you know, at test screenings, everybody writes down their notes, what they think about a certain scene. And the fact that, may, I, I doubt they went back and changed anything. So just the fact that people wrote down notes and said, yeah, this scene's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the music's fine. They just must have had really bad test audiences that kind of just like either just thought the movie was fine. whatever or maybe they got paid off or something. I don't know, but it's... The movie is so slow, descriptive, and scientific. It's practically a, a Michael Crichton novel. It's so dedicated to being realistic despite the sheer absurdity and then it kind of goes off the rails it's just like we never get that pure moment where it's just ecstasy and crazy and insane like there is austin powers this too is more has more reasoning and more fun and more insanity for going into space than this does Mm -hmm. That movie is more logical than this one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just dull. And I, I know other Bond movies are like that, but this one's just disappointingly dull. I don't know. There's, It does suck because there's really cool set pieces, and I think some of the, like, yeah, granted, um, the originality for the space station is not, like, it, it's it's not there. But it's, like, it it's... All these cool set pieces and like it's it sucks because there is like the potential and you see it but it's just that they don't like do anything they don't do anything with the premise and which sucks because if they got well because you looked this up and apparently like steven spielberg wanted to direct this Mm -hmm. but uh the producer said no so i couldn't imagine what spielberg would have done with this but it probably would have been a whole lot like just more fun better job is almost like restrained in their they're they're like resigned to their ways. It's like, okay, man, another one. Okay, it goes to space. Okay, whatever. I know, and the fact that the whole marketing was surrounded like, oh yeah, it's James Bond, but in space. We promised you the moon. Yeah, the, the moon's in one shot at the end, but it's like in the background, so it's not even prominent. No, and. There's no reason for anything to happen. No. And it's just, I don't know, and it just made me, like, sad. Because I... Because I guess it does kind of have that cult classic reputation, but I don't think in a good way. No. Well, it's... It, it, from my, like, not experience, like, online or whatever, people seem to think it's, like, really campy and bad in that way. But it's, like, it's really just bad. Yeah, no, it's it's honestly just kind of just very dull. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the modern James Bond era, you know, I'm surprised we don't see, like, more remakes. Like, there's been multiple Casino Royales. So I'm just like, why why not remake something, not, not like this, but any of the other ones that were bombs or bad, because no one cares about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only ones people care about, like, in culture pop pop culture are skyfall casino royale and goldfinger the other ones are kind of in mixed bags some of them are really good some of them are not as good 
It's all over the place. Yeah, no, you would just have to go through the whole collection. But it's like I couldn't. I'd, I wouldn't recommend anybody just like binge watching all twenty five or twenty six movies because they too many slow ones like this. Yeah, no, it would be a really slow like binge to get through. And it's like I think maybe we, like okay, Goldeneye was very like we know what this is. We're gonna have some fun with that. They needed that sensibility for this movie. Mm-hmm. Because if anything, they obviously they did the sp- space aesthetic just to go off the basis of the success of Star Wars. But people like Star Wars because, like, that was fun. And they should have just seen how people reacted to Star Wars and just did that, but with James Bond. But, again, they just still tried to be serious about it. And I th- that's, like, the movie's biggest, like, fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not very good. Honestly, out of, like, five, like, sadly, I would give it two. It's just not very enjoyable. No, for me, for me, this is a two. It's not the worst thing we've seen. No. But it was just really boring. I will forget about it. Yeah, no, me too. In I, a week, I will not remember anything that happened. No, no. The big hit was more memorable. The big hit was the hit. Yeah, the big hit was the hit. Yep. Uh, so that, that's our episode for today. Thank you guys for stopping by. And we'll see you all next time.